Hey, welcome to the Impact Church Podcast. This is Govember. It's Govember. And we're going to have a great time this season. We're going to wrap up November with All Out Sunday on November 27th. But this week, we're going to talk about the method. We're going to be talking about the the mandate, the message, and the method. We're starting with the method because we want to put tools in your hand for how to share your faith, how to share your story, how to encounter people who need to know about the love of Jesus and, and just really impact their lives. So come on, let's get Get right into that November. word. Govember. This is a series we're having for Govember, and it's going to wrap up on the 27th. And what's happened on the 27th? Yeah. Amen. I mean, some people thought it was all out November, and they were bringing people today. A lot of people brought guests today. That's awesome. And we're glad you're here. Some people took today off because they knew they had to be here on the 27th. So... We have Pastor Zach and our elder Stephen is in uh, Toronto today preaching at Impact Church Toronto. And uh, it's a great church. You know, Impact Church Toronto is at Young and Eglinton. And Young and Eglinton is the most populated corner. It's the most populated corner in all of Canada. More people live at Young and Eglinton in that corner. The density of the population is greater in that corner than anywhere else in Canada. An impact church has a foothold right there. So good. So good. So I'm excited about them serving our fellowship up there. And uh, impact churches are going to pop up all over Canada. Amen. We started, uh, started one in uh, the Elmer area, and they're going good. I mean, they had, uh, I think they had about 75 kids at their hallelujah party. And that's pretty awesome. So they're continuing to expand and grow, and they're having a lot of fun. But I want to jump into our Govember uh, series. It's, uh, it's about the mandate, the message, and the method. The mandate, the message, and the method. But I'm going to start with the method. I'm going to go a little backwards, and we're going to start with the method. So the vision statement of Impact Church is transforming lives to impact their world. So that's why we exist, to see lives that are broken and hurt and, and, and just shattered by the brokenness of sin and, and the sleuthfoot, the devil himself. People that are just subjects of the kingdom of darkness, we want to see them totally set free, brought into the kingdom of light, transformed, and then they can, through them, the kingdom of God can be expressed, expressed to transform their world. And that's our mission statement. We're transforming lives to impact their world. In short, if you can't remember just the sentence, it's just global glory. That's what we're committed to. We're committed to the earth flooded with the glory of God. Amen? global glory. Matthew 5 13 says you are the salt of the earth. It also says in that chapter you are the light of the world. Now listen, it doesn't say you're a light. It doesn't mean that you, you reveal some light, but it means if you're not manifesting light, there's no light because you are the light. There's no other salt. There's no other preservative. There's no other wonderful expression that exists if you're not being the salt. And the salt, the salt, the salt. You are the salt of the earth. I like using this little acrostic, salt. You see as Jesus, that means I value every single person. It means I accept as Jesus. That means no matter where you are, what's going on in your life, I absolutely, completely accept you. It means I love as Jesus did. Do you know how Jesus loved? Unconditionally. Say that again. Unconditionally. I don't know about you, but you should be really glad I'm not God because I got issues. 
Unconditional love, I still can't get my head around that. Un, he doesn't care who he loves. He is an absolute wonderful loving God. Then the T is touch as Jesus did, and Jesus' touch is transformational. Transformational, that's the salt. Now Matthew 4, 19 says, Then he said to them, follow me. Say, follow me. Follow me. Follow me and I will make you. So let's pick, let's pick something. Let's fill in right there. Let's pick something there. Follow me and I will make you spiritual. Follow me and I will make you kinder. Follow me, I'll make you richer, smarter, stronger. I'll make you religious. I'll make you follow me. Like some of those things may happen, but what he said is follow me and I will make you. I will make you. Not I will offer you or not I will place before you an opportunity, but I'm going to make you. If you follow me, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. That's what following Jesus will result in. He's going to make you a fisher of men. And Acts 1, verse 8 says, But you shall receive power. You shall receive dunamis when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, and you shall be my prosecutors. You shall prosecute all the evildoers. You shall call out the wickedness in the world. The power of God comes upon you and say, Sinner, 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 sinner. Well, no. Amen. <laughs> We're going to have to have an amen sign. Just, just, just. You're all going to hell. Amen. We're not, we're not even defense. Let me, let me please defend Jesus. You know, the Bible may seem like a weird book, but let me defend it. If, you know, what he really meant was, we're not his defenders either. We're not his prosecutors. We're not his defenders. We are his witnesses. We're to get out there, tell people your story. Does anybody have a story? Has anybody ever been touched by Jesus? Is anybody's life just a little bit better because Jesus came in? You know what? People can argue with your doctrine, and people love to fight over theology. They love to fight over their belief systems. But you know what? Nobody will fight about your personal testimony. I don't know. I'm not sure what was going on there, but all I know is once I was blind, and now I see. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. You got a story. Nobody can argue with a story. We should be out there telling people our story. So followers fish, worshipers witness. Mark 16, 15 says, Jesus said to his followers, go everywhere in the world and tell the good news that people are going to hell. Sadly, a lot of people think that's our message. Turn or burn. I got good news for you. You don't have to go to hell. And that actually is good news. But you know, the good news was God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The good news is there's a kingdom now that's within your reach. You've been subject to a kingdom of darkness. Freely, by faith, is offered to you the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God. His power, His glory, totally transforming you, not by works, so nobody can boast, but it's simply by faith alone. It's good news, folks. It's really, really good news. He's the one who starts it, He's the one who keeps it going, and He's the one who finishes it, and He'll never fail you. He is the author and finisher of your faith. Isn't He a good God? I got a great story for you. Go and tell everyone the good news. John 4, 39. I love John 4. I love John 3 and John 4. You can see Jesus, his personal evangelism to religious people. 
In John 3, he's talking to a religious guy, Nicodemus, and he, he talks to him about the Word. He explains to him about the Word. He tries to help him understand who he is in the Word. But then he comes to a Samaritan woman, and to this Samaritan woman, they started to get into a bit of a religious discussion, and like I told you last week, nobody's going to worship in Jerusalem anymore, nobody's going to worship at this mountain anymore. From now on, and the time has now come, people are going to worship in spirit and truth. We're still trying to find a place, we're still trying to rebuild something, when he's not building stuff like that anymore, he's built a group of living stones together, and that's where he inhabits himself. That's what he's building, and that's where he is. Worship takes place in spirit and truth because we are believers. I am the living sacrifice. So he said to this woman, though, he said, so it totally transformed her life, totally wrecked her world. She's there in the middle of the day because she's despised. She's an outcast, and she wants to go in the middle of the hot sun when nobody else is there. You see, righteous people come at the morning, and they come in the evening when it's cooler, but people who feel guilt and shame, they come in the middle of the day, so they don't have to talk to anybody. But when she gets there, sure enough, it's not just anybody. It's Jesus, it's a rabbi, it's a Jewish guy, and he's not near the well, he's sitting on it. It's Jacob's well. And the manifestation, the prophetic realization of Jacob's well is sitting on the well. The giver of water, the stream of living water, is on the promise, manifesting the truth. She comes, she's like, oh my God. And then he says, hey, you, give me to drink. You shouldn't even be talking. I'm a Samaritan woman. You shouldn't even be talking to me. Oh, well, that's rubbish. Come here. Let's have a conversation. He dug down in her heart and in her life, and they spoke together. He unpacked all the brokenness in her life, and the shame and the guilt and the fear, everything was gone. And she ran back into town. A person who didn't want to talk to anybody, see anybody, shamed of her life. She suddenly runs out public with passion and tells everyone. And here's what she says. Here's her testimony. Come and tell, the, tell, let me talk to you about the guy who told me everything I ever did. Well, that's weird. You know, he unpacked my whole broken life. And instead of feeling shame, I felt healed. My heart was bare before this man. And I'm telling you, I think I found the one. I think I found the Messiah. And they all came back. And look what it says. It says that, that the word the woman said, it says, told whatever he did. And then it says... They all went back. It says many believed because of her testimony. And then it says the rest of the town believed because they also heard and believed. And then they asked Jesus to stay and do a three-day conference in Samaria. <laughs> so awesome. Your story and what God has done for you is so powerful. It's transformative. And no matter where you've been or how broken you feel, God's touch on your life could change a whole city. Your story can break chains and set people free. So we got a responsibility to share our story. So we are called, at Impact Church, we are called, and here's the method. The method is aware, share, prayer, care. You ready for this? In 12 minutes. That's three, three minutes a point. Aware, share, prayer, care. Here, here's the method. If you're wondering how to do this, if you're wondering how do I unpack my story so that on the 27th, when it's all out Sunday, we literally are just, there's way too many people in this place. We're going to break all the rules because we're going to be overrun with people because I told people my story. 
and they experienced the wonderful love of God, and their life was transformed. So the method is be aware, share, prayer, care. So 2 Corinthians 10, 13 says, we, however, will not boast beyond measure, but within the limit of our sphere. There's a sphere which God appointed us, a sphere which especially includes you. So Paul says, I'm not boasting that I've ministered beyond where I have, but I have ministered in a sphere that God gave me, and that sphere includes you. So Paul was given a sphere. He says, there's an area of influence that God assigned to us to reach you. There's an area of influence. They said the area, it's a rule. It's the canon. It's the canon. It's a rule. It's a definite, bounded, or fixed space within the limits which one's power of influence is confined. There's a rule. There's a sphere. You have a sphere of influence. God has placed you, you. Well, that's just for like ministers, right? That's just for like people called to preach. No, you see, preachers and fivefold ministries are to equip you to do works of service. So our job is to make sure every one of you are in the ministry. Our job isn't to do the ministry. It's to make sure everybody in the ministry is equipped to do the ministry. You have a ministry. You are where you are. See the song we sang, the first song? I'm not dead yet, so there must be something else God wants to do with me. Don't you love that line? I'm not dead yet, so I guess there's more. <laughs> if I'm not dead, you're not done. Thank you. See, I was saying it wrong. Thank you, Jen. I was close. I was this close. If I'm not dead, you're not done. If I'm not dead, you're not done. If you're not dead, he's not done. See, because the purpose of God wasn't to get you to heaven. The purpose of God was to get heaven in you and then through you in your sphere of influence to express himself. So if you're not dead, he's not done. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jennifer for edifying me with the words. So they said, Acts 16, 31 says, so they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved, you and your household. And I love that song we sing. Like, Lord, for my family, I speak Jesus over my... Does anybody need to speak Jesus over your family? Hey, I mean, could you feel in that that we weren't just singing a song? We were, we were breaking shackles. We were breaking things off our family. We were cursing any assignment of darkness. We were releasing our family in the name of Jesus. My brothers, my, my nieces, my nephews, my uncles, my aunts. In Jesus' name. We just Jesus' name. My family. Over my family I speak Jesus. Man, that was good. There's some good songs chosen today. You'd think we thought about that. Man. Your household, your oikos, the place where one is a fixed residence, your family, your descendants. It says they believe that you and your household will be saved. So you got to identify your sphere, and then you got to impact your sphere. So you want to identify your sphere. This is all under point one called aware. So you want to identify your sphere. You want to impact your sphere. To identify your sphere, you got to know my people, my place, and my passion. You got people, you got a place, you got a passion. And then to impact that sphere, you got to know the manner, the moments, and the message. So look at this now. Identify my sphere, my people. Mark chapter 5, the demoniac. They used to take him and chain him and keep him around the tombs. And Jesus came, he was totally set free. And then when Jesus was getting in the boat to leave town, he came and said, Take me with you. He said, No, I want you to stay here and go talk to your friends. My friends chained me and threw me in the, in the you know, graveyard. No, you stay here. Are you kidding me? You, you set me free. I'm, I'm totally free. I'm totally clear. I'm totally whole. And you, I want to I wanna be with you. He says, no, Jesus said, you stay here. And he said, you stay here. Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. It's all about your story. 
You see, and he went, it says he went throughout the 10 cities, went throughout the Decapolis, and he told everybody his story, and he told everybody about how good Jesus had been to him. So you got your people. Has anybody got France? So let me see your hand if you have any friends. If you did not put your hand up, please come forward right now. We want to we we break that unfriendly spirit off of you. Because he who would have friends must first show himself friendly. That's what the Bible says. So, you know, if there's no friends, look in the mirror and say, you could be a bit more friendly. All right, so we want to do that. So there's, there's your people. There's your sphere. So there's your people. Then there's your place. It says, from one man he made every nation, all of them who inhabit the whole world. He marked out their appointed times. He marked out the boundaries of their lands. And he did this, God did this, so that they would seek him. God has put you where you are today. You weren't born 50 years ago. You're not going to be born 50 years from now. God had a purpose for you right now in this generation. God wants to use you right now. And it's not a mistake that you're where you are right now. God has a plan and a purpose for you where you are. God has set boundaries for you, and they have fallen in pleasant places, and he wants to use you to minister in your sphere the kingdom of God. He wants you to tell your story. That's your place. That's your place. He's marked it out for you. Then there's your passion. I love this. And all the widows stood there weeping, showing them tunics and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. Dorcas had died. People heard about Peter. He's raising people from the dead. They went to another city, brought Peter over there, and they said, Peter, look at what Dorcas did for us. Dorcas used her talent. She used her abilities. She used the things that she loves. She used the things that she delights in to share her life with us. And you know what? She died. And Peter, we can't live without her. She took her talent, her gift, her ability, and she served people in her community. She used what was in her hand, and she used it to share the kingdom of God with others. Maybe you're a really good bowler. You should be bowling for Jesus. I mean, Mauricio, he's a mechanic. People come to a shop. I'm a believer. You know, you're, you're touching cars. You're praying over the cars. As I'm fixing cars, I'm loosening the anointing of God. I, I pray for the seat. When the driver gets in this, he's going to sit in and go, Ooh, I don't know what's going on. I'm loosening the kingdom of God everywhere I go. Whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord, serving him in everything you do. Whatever you are doing, God has given you a passion. My passion is to watch sports continuously on TV. Thank you, Brock. So Brock and I are going to make friends. <laughs> I'm going to go to the pub and watch it at the pub, and I'm going to order cream soda, club soda, whatever. Maybe you have an alcohol problem, don't drink. But you know, get out there, whatever it is, use it. Say, if I'm going to do this, I should do it in a place where I'm making friends and hanging out with people and, and sharing my passion. They're going to be excited. You excited? about The Leafs are winning. Woo! Have I told you about Jesus? Whatever your passion is, you know what? God put those things. He, he causes you to delight in things. He gives you the desires of your heart, but he's given you those things to uh, identify a circle of influence where you can loose it. I mean, maybe you like to fly, you know, model planes. You build planes, you fly them. Go belong to a model plane club. Join a club that does it. Get to know somebody. You know, there's people. You've been given a talent. Use your passion to reach out and touch other people. All right, so you got a, a sphere, and you got to understand your sphere and be aware of it. But then there's my manner, your manner. What is your manner? Colossians 5, 6 says, live wisely among those who are not believers. Come on. 
Live wisely among those who are not believers who make the most of every opportunity to let your conversation be gracious and attractive. See, it was conversation, not you. You don't have to say, well, I'm not attractive. You know, I am, but anyways. It says, let your conversation be attractive. You ever had a conversation where your conversation attracts people and your conversation is gracious? People would go for days without food into the wilderness just to hear Jesus talk. If you do do that, you better be able to turn five loaves and two fishes to feed a multitude. Anyways. But you know, let your conversation be attractive. Let it be gracious so that you will have the right response for everyone. So there's a manner. There's moments. The Lord directs your steps. Wherever you go today, think about that. Every day say, Lord, you're directing my steps. And I believe my steps will bring me in contact with people who need to hear about you. So Lord, my steps are ordered by you. And I thank you today that I'm going to run into people that, that need you, that need to experience my gracious, attractive words. And so, Lord, I want to do that. Acts 8, 27. I mean, Philip is in a revival. I mean, the place is breaking out. And yet the Lord tells him to leave the revival, to go down a street. He left. And it says, so he arose and he went and behold. Say, behold. See, the Lord told him to go for a walk, and he went for that walk. And sure enough, on that walk, there was an Ethiopian who needed somebody to explain Jesus to him. You know, God is going to give you moments. He's going to give you moments to express your manner in a way that will touch people. So then 1 Peter 3.15 says, always be prepared. Say, be prepared. Be pre are you prepared? Oh, I get all nervous if, if I have to testify. Oh, I get all nervous about sharing Jesus. Prepare yourself then. Think about it. Imagine you having a conversation with that person you're praying for. Think about it. Be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you. You know what? The best answer to anybody is your simple story. Jesus changed my life. You know, give an answer to everyone who asks you for a reason for your hope so that you, uh, you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Amen. I'm not out in the street. You're all going to hell, you bunch of filthy people. That, this would say that would be not biblical. All right. All right, so let's get to share. You ready for share? Share. We got to be aware. Be aware. Everybody say, be aware. be aware. Come on, pay attention. There's people in your world right now that you've been placed there to touch their lives. Share. Romans 10, 13, and 14 says, whoever calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. Isn't that great? Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the name of the Lord if they haven't believed? And how can they believe if they haven't heard? And how can they hear if there's not a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? So I'm sending you. I'm commissioning you in this next three weeks. I want you on purpose to share with everybody your story. And I've given you a tool. Have I, I got a couple ushers. I got any ushers? Desmond, I got ushers. Any ushers out there? Uh, I've got these tools that I want to give you right now to help you share, all right? On your chairs, you already had one, but that's prayer. We're going to come up with that in a minute, but I just need another usher with some arms and elbows. Now, everybody's going to get one of these, so just go down and pass these down all the aisles. So how many said, man, pastor, I wish you'd put something in my hand so that I could actually use it as a conversation starter. I could do something. So, well, look what we got. We got cards with Welcome Home and Impact Church. And a little uh, how you connect with our church. It's a casual, awesome, relevant, fun kids. It's an authentic community. It's just a little thing you can introduce people to Impact Church. And so take one. Take one, please. Everybody take one. There's cards in there. And you have to give these cards to people that God is giving you to find appointments with in the next few weeks. And some of you might say, well, I don't feel led to do that. How many would say, I don't feel led to do that, Pastor? The Lord has to lead me. I did something special for you. Inside of every bag, there is a piece of lead. 
And so if you touch the cards and you feel like, oh, I don't want to give away the card, push a little deeper and say, oops, I do feel led to give away the card. So say, thank you, Pastor. You try extra hard for us. I really appreciate it. There's no wiggle room, folks. There's no wiggle room. Go. Two-thirds of God's name is go. I mean, come on. You're called to be witnesses, and so you are sent. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Good news. 1 Corinthians 3, 5, and 8 says, Each of us did the work of the Lord. I planted the seed in your hearts. Apollos watered the seed, but God made it grow. God made it grow. God made it. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What is important is God makes the seed grow. When you share about Jesus, you are loosing an eternal seed into the hearts of people. You know, other people will come along. They will suddenly, their whole reticular activating system will be changed and they'll suddenly be more aware that there might be other believers in my world and suddenly they'll start to come in contact with other people who believe Jesus and you're going to show the seed somebody's going to water it people are continuing to bless it but you know what you now gave God an opportunity God will make it grow it's an imperishable incorruptible seed and when it gets in the hearts of men and women it's going to come to full maturity people will come to Jesus Did everybody get one? Please, somebody needs to take two. Who is that? We'll wait patiently for you right now. Let's wait on the Lord. There is, I feel there's four people need to take two. Who are they? We wait now, Lord Jesus. Come on. I was excited when the pastor told me we're going to share. Sam Williams, Sam Williams, he said this. He said, evangelism is helping people discover how God is already at work in their lives. I love that quote. I love that. You know, God is already at work. There's people you work with, live with. There's, there's people around you. There's neighbors. There's people in your street. The person who cuts your hair. I mean, wherever you are, God is working on their hearts and on their lives. And you can be that person that causes a breakthrough. It's so good. Evangelism is helping people discover how God is at work in their lives. Now, prayer. You got a card there. How many think you could put five names on that card? Again, who are the people who have no friends? Who are you again? Jesus, Jesus. You know, you know what my problem is? I pastor a church. I'm just stuck with believers all the time. So I'm making out my card. And you know, I go to one guy to get my hair cut all the time. He's just around the corner. Just I can walk across the street. If I go early in the morning, I usually get right in. So his name's on my card. I, I go to the, the fireside uh, restaurant all the time. So I'm going to put the waitress's names in my card. And I've decided there are places where I run into people, and I'm going to make a habit of running into them. I'm going to give this card to my barber. I'm going to give this card to the waiters and waitresses at the restaurant. I'm going to give this card to the girl I always run into at the dollar store. See, I, I'm running into people. There could be people right now. Ask God, who should I put on my card? And then I want you to start to pray for them. I want you to start, oh my God, this sermon is so demanding. He wants me to give cards to people, he wants me to pray for people. It's almost like he wants me to manifest I'm a believer. I didn't know believing meant more than just coming on Sunday going, whoop, 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 hey, whoop, hey. Plunk the bucket and see you next week. That's not what it's about. This is just the equipping meeting. Worshiping happens when you leave. 
Thank you. I got an amen over there somewhere. Thank you very much. All right. Amen. All right, so let me go back there again. Prayer. Pray the word. I pray the word. Father's going to draw. Father's drawing. In the name of Jesus, Father, draw. Draw them right now in Jesus' name. If there's blindness, Lord, if the enemy's blinded their eyes, in the name of Jesus, I curse that. I say, let there be light. I command it. I pray for encounters from other believers to be with them. I pray, Lord, that a spirit of understanding would invade their hearts. I pray that revelation would just, just invade their hearts. Holy Spirit, move in their hearts. And then I pray for that personal encounter in Jesus' name because they need a spirit of adoption. They need a move of God. They need to be born from above. They need a move of the Spirit where they cry out, Abba, Father, this is all about you. So you start soaking them in prayer. You start confessing the word of God over them. Boom, boom. Number four, care, care. Say care. All right, care. First Corinthians 9, 19 to 23 says, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. I have become a slave. I have become a bondservant to every single person so that I can bring people to Christ. Yes, I try to find common ground with everyone I like. No, I try to find common ground with everyone. I find common ground with everyone doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. Well, pastor, if you want people to be saved, just bring in an evangelist. Then they'll preach and people will get saved. That's a faulty understanding of Scripture. The evangelist is a fivefold ministry. What does an evangelist do? He's an equipping ministry. Sure, an evangelist has a passion for souls, but what he does is he creates in you a passion for souls. Evangelists don't do the ministry. They equip you for ministry. They try to stir up in you a passion for the lost. And I'm trying to stir up in you a passion for the lost. Because you know what? If I'm not dead, he's not done. If I'm not dead, that's personal. I, if I'm not dead, he's not done. So, so... If it was just about getting to heaven, I could have said, thank you, Jesus, take me to heaven, boom, I'm out of here. But that's not what it's about. It's about getting heaven in you. It's about your transformation manifesting to the rest of the broken world. Come and meet my Jesus. So if you're not dead, although it's, it's too warm to have frozen chosen in here, so come on. Many are called and few are frozen. Yeah. That's winter time. It's coming. A slave to all people, finding common ground so that I can share the good news with everyone. Luke chapter 19, I love this story. This was about Zacchaeus. Now Zacchaeus, I loved him because Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. He climbed up into a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see, for the Lord he wanted to see. And the Lord passed by his way that day and he looked up the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down for I'm going to your house for tea, for I'm going to your house for tea. How many remember that song in Sunday school? Come on, put your hand up big and bold. You sang it in Sunday school. Yeah, you're really old. You're really, really old. Okay. But I loved that song as a kid because I was always a bit littler, you know? When they took the class pictures, I was the boy they put on the front row at the end of all the girls because I wasn't tall enough to stand with the boys, you know? 
So in Sunday school, I love this song. There was a wee little guy that Jesus was after. There was a little guy who fell short of the glory of God, but God chased after him, and he found him. And I was a tree climber because I could never see, so I climbed trees so I could see. And Zacchaeus, he was a wicked. There's classifications of sinners. There's sinners, and then there's tax collectors. And they're the worst of the worst, and he was a chief tax collector. But he wanted to see Jesus. Even the most evil person you think is in your world, guess what? He's a tree climber. There's tree climbers everywhere in your world. There's people who want to see Jesus, but you think he's too far gone. But Jesus, on purpose, came to that tree, and he said, Zacchaeus, hurry up. Come on down. I'm going to your house for dinner. Invite yourself to the most wicked person in town. Invite yourself over for supper. We don't even know what Jesus said. We have no... We just know that the religious people were like, I can't, can't believe Jesus went to that guy's house. But while he was there eating with them, Zacchaeus said, if I've stolen from everybody, I return to them fourfold. If I've stolen in any way. And he said, I give you know, half of all my wealth, I give it all away. And then Jesus said, this is a true seed of Abraham. This is the real deal. And he said that because all of the religious devils hanging around wondering why they were there. What are we doing here? It's like all the Christians, when they go to the Christian wedding and they have a dance. Who's all those people sitting starching in the corner? Oh, that's the Christians. <laughs> hey, Christians. <laughs> Mustang Sally. Start dancing at the weddings. Quit being silly. Be attractive and gracious with your words. Quit sitting in a corner with that spirit of condemnation. I'm not like you. I'm not like you. Zacchaeus, come on down. I'm going to your place. And guess what? I'm going to do something that is intimate. I'm going to do something. If I sit at your table in their culture, if I sit at your table, it declares big and bold, I completely accept you. And Jesus was telling everybody he absolutely, totally accepts this wretched tax collector. Yes, he does. And just that move of acceptance transformed that heart, and that guy restored everything, and he gave his life to Jesus. Hey? Hey? Hey, I love that. So come on. There's tree climbers all around you, so I want you to be aware. I want you to share. I want you to use some prayer. And then I just want you to care. Just care about people. Just try to understand what's really going on. I had a friend who had neighbors next door, and they would hang out with them on Saturdays. They became really good neighbors. And they'd spend time barbecuing and doing things. And then the, the wife turned and said to him, you know, you guys, we see you every Sunday going out with your big Bibles and heading off to church. Because I said, it's actually getting late now on Saturday night. Shouldn't you guys be getting ready to go to church in the morning. She says, oh, actually, we should, you know, so we probably got to go. says, hey, would you pray for me? I said, sure. I said, every night when I go to bed, I close my eyes, and I'm terrified I'll wake up in hell. I used to go to Sunday school when I was a little Baptist girl, and all I knew was if I wasn't going to keep going to church, keep loving Jesus, I'd go to hell. I close my eyes every night. 
and I'm terrified I'll wake up in hell. And he came to me and said, oh my goodness, there's not good friends. I used to think, wow, for people who don't do church and don't believe, they're really good people. They're so much fun. They're great to be around. That person who you think is great to be around and has no problems and no fears, you have no idea. They could be living in utter desperation. Asking, would somebody pray for me? You know, I, I got an article. I printed it off, but it's still on the printer out there. But it's by a, re by a researcher. And one of the things about Christians is, you know what they think about most Christians? Why didn't you invite me to church? You know what a lot of unbelievers want to know about believers is, why didn't you tell me more about Jesus? Is there something in your faith that could help my marriage, help with my children? They are very, very curious about you. They don't hate you. Most of them wish you would open up your spiritual life to them and let them in. So I want you to be aware. I want you to share. I want you to use some prayer. And I want you to care. And we're going to see people come to Jesus. Because it's Govember. <laughs>